Hello and welcome to Wonder Pod, episode 201. That's right, we are over 200 episodes now. I don't know, at, at times it almost feels like 201 is kind of like the ah, sigh of relief. Um, joining me this week, as he always does, he's he's got he's got the battle mic this week. It's Glacinator. Yes, I'm here, uh, and I'm currently holding down my uh, levels in my sound effects panel to make sure it doesn't go up to 100. <laughs> it's rising. There's going to be masking tape over an Apple mouse here before the end of the show. <laughs> eh, we are pretty much a bailing wire and duct tape operation to begin with, so it's fitting. Also joining us this week, and he just showed two guys who don't deal with snow what a bitch it is to deal with snow, <laughs> it's John. Jumping Jesus with the snow. I wanted to laugh at the guy we watched. He showed us this video that's gone viral across the internet. I wanted to laugh at the guy, but the thing is, is I have been in snowbanks, and I do know that even if one leg is loose, the other leg can be stuck, and you are screwed. Even if three quarters of you is out. Mm-hmm. Now it's only happened to me while skiing, which is even more terrible, as Glaze can tell you, because you're usually stuck at the bottom of the hole. Is a ski still strapped to your leg? <laughs> so you got to figure out a way to dig it out. Mm-hmm. I went snowmobiling one year in New Mexico, and we were following some guide on these snowmobiles. And we just went straight into a snowbank, and all the snowmobiles like it was like quicksand, basically. And we had to dig it out. It was awful. The dumbest thing I've ever done was I was skiing here locally at the mountains that are just not too far away, maybe an hour. And I was with some buddies at Snowboard. And this was back before snowboarding was accepted, quote-unquote. And they, we were all doing this jump. They jump. Two guys jump. It's my turn. For some reason, I hit the lip of this little drop-off just wrong. And I couldn't clear the holes they had landed in. And, floop, up to my waist. <laughs> and the <laughs> shitty part was is my skis didn't pop off. And, of course, I'm getting no help from them because they're my friends. So they're laying on their board, you know, they're laying on their butts with their boards still strapped to them, laughing their asses off because I went from being, like, six foot two to four foot nothing. I look like dwarf on golf. And, like, my poles, I can't even get my poles down through the snow to get my skis off. And the crappy part was is we were just out, we were supposed to be just out skiing, like, on the runs. So I had an old pair of racing skis on that were far too long for the hole I was in. <laughs> and it sucked. It took me about 20 minutes to dig out. And you know how it is, John. This is something John knows beyond a shadow of a doubt. I don't care how good your outdoor clothing is supposed to be at wicking away moisture. <laughs> it don't happen. You were sweating happen. like a pig trying to free yourself or shovel the snow out. <laughs> and it just yep, it sucks. Anyways, this is not a weather podcast. It is a it is a gaming podcast. Um, one thing I do want to say off the top of the show, those of you that jo- joined us in the audience last week, A, we really appreciate it, and B, I do need to apologize to Chris Lloyd's girlfriend, Olivia Dickinson. I think that's her last name, and I'm too lazy to look on, on Facebook. My apologies again. But I did not realize that she stayed up and with us the entire time, and the problem was it's because... There were certain people, avatars, that kept popping in and out, popping in and out of my chat window. And I think it was just my particular 
window that was doing it for whatever reason and of course it was also kind of a messy cluster trying to look between four three or four screens um so we appreciate you staying up to the wee hours of the morning and hanging out with us even after chris crapped out (laughs) (laughs) and uh, we are thinking at the moment barring any technical difficulties the three of us discussed it before the show um that we're going to try and do the live thing once a month uh, right now, barring any changes to the program format or other issues, we will be doing one the 25th of April, so the end of the month, and we may uh, we may just roll with it like that. Maybe the last uh, uh, maybe the last last show of the month, we'll do it. We'll we'll jump on Mixel Mixlr and do it live, and um, Hopefully, as we go along, much like doing the podcast itself, it'll get better and better. There'll be no dubstep talking <laughs> next time around now that this moron on this end has figured out what causes it, um, especially on my end. So, anyways, that's enough about last week. We're back to the back to the normal format. We're going to do what we've been playing. And uh, after during a pre-show poll, John's played the most games of any, anybody, <laughs> so he's going first. John, what have you been playing this week? I've been playing some of the same and, some, and a couple of newish things, um, though they're old favorites. So, first off, I've been playing um, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. The, as I put it on Twitter and Facebook, the, the, the Donkey Kong uh, obsession continues as I play through uh, this game and the DS game uh, on, my, on my lunch breaks. Tropical Freeze, just to talk about it a little bit, I'm on the third world, and uh, it's kind of like a, gra- uh, the theme of the of, the, of it, it's kind of like a grasslands, um, uh, um, this, you know, kind of flat landscapes rather than the mountains and the jungles and such, and the first world, the first level on world three is something like right out of, out of, uh, I want to say, um, what's that game? Oh, Little Big Planet, the way that, just the, the design and how there's these, these, um, Objects almost almost like pinatas that are that are kind of bouncing around, and but they have faces and they and they kind of react to you and stuff. And you you know you jump from one to one and, and go across as you try to make your way across the level. But like it's really, it's really beautiful. The music is really fantastic. I, I had to put a post on the Miiverse to say that this is the you know, the best level I've played of the game. It's pretty accessible. It's the first one of the of the world, so you know it's not it's not it's typically the easiest one, um, but. It's it's just gorgeous, and and the more I play this game, the more I'm impressed with it. You know, you die a lot, and and, and it's going to happen. But at least you know, getting getting men back is really really easy. Like I'm I'm sitting at 97 out of 99 right now, and I'm in, you know dancing around 99 quite a bit. So it's not too hard to to keep on top of things. Um, between between actually finding the balloons, which are your men, or you um, you can exchange the the big banana coins. Uh, you can buy power ups, and you can buy more balloons. And I just bought a shit ton, and I haven't gone below um, you know eighty in a long time. So you know you it's 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 it's, it's thank, I'm thankful that they've kind of balanced it out a little bit to, to give you lots of opportunity for more more men, more one ups, if you will. Um, yeah, so uh, the the playing of, of the GameCube games on the Wii has continued on. Uh, before I get to the, my newest acquisition, yes, I did buy a new GameCube game, or new to me anyway. Um, Peter and I have been playing a bit of Double Dash, Mario Kart Double Dash, and I talked about that a few weeks ago, I think, maybe maybe it's a few months ago now, but and how I, I recall that it was. Uh, 
it was a lot faster than than I than I remembered. Like uh, compared to say the DS games, the 3DS game, and the even the Wii game, Double Dash just kind of zips along. There's only you know it's only got four uh, four sets of tracks, four cups, and uh, yeah, it is it does run very fast. And I will say, man, like playing it up on that CRT TV makes all the difference because it is it's a pretty game. <laughs> it's really beautiful. The and and everything so far that I played has has really popped on that, on that television. So you know, I mean, if if you guys out there are playing old systems on your LCDs, like I, I'll say it again, put it back on an old television if you've got one because it it just makes it all, makes all the difference. Um, you know, but, but what more can I say about Double Dash other than it's I, I I'm pretty sure it's my favorite Mario Kart game. I really wish the new one that's coming at Mario Kart Eight. Uh, Kind of brought back that that two-person uh, feature with the person in the front driving and the, and then the character in the back that's that's throwing the the shells and the and the banana peels and such. Um, I think there's an opportunity for it with the with the with the gamepad, where uh, the way I've always envisioned it was that you know the person on the back could use the the gamepad like a viewfinder, first person being able to aim your 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 shells and such, uh, you know, and and fire it off, and not have to worry about driving. But unfortunately, that's not going to happen in, in Mario Kart 8. Now, a new trailer for that came out today, and I was watching it, and man, that that game looks beautiful too. Like the, the colors are popping, and and not, and I mean, Mario Kart is usually is is quite pretty anyway. But but this one just looks ridiculously good, and you know, I mean, Nintendo games in HD is something that I've been wanting. Every, a lot of people have been wanting for a long time. So you know, I, I guess it's you know, it's it's only going to get better. Again. Tropical Freeze is a gorgeous game too, but finally, um, the game, the new the new GameCube game that I bought the other day or yes yesterday was uh, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat again the Donkey Kong obsession. Uh, Jungle Beat is a game. It's funny the the game case says it's a bestseller, but I don't think it really was. It's and it's definitely a game that's underrated. I think uh, in in the in the in the in the, in the GameCube's lifetime, it's. It's basically a Donkey Kong game, as you you know, side scrolling, kind of like a Donkey Kong Country, I guess. But you use the bongos to control Donkey Kong, and these are the bongos that came along with uh, Donkey Kong uh, Donkey Donkey Konga, which is a rhythm game. You play, you, you know, you beat, you hit the hit the drums with the with the screen. Almost, I won't call it. It's, it's pretty. It's almost Guitar Hero style, but a lot more simplified. And you know, left with a left bongo, a right bongo. And if you clap, there's a little microphone that picks up your clap noise. And then, of course, you can double hit hit the two bongos at the same time for a different input. And uh, you know, I mean, these, I mean, in all honesty, these are things that are just substituting button presses, really. But it does add a little more fun and activity to the to the game. So if you want Donkey Kong to run to the right, well, you you know, you you hit that right that right drum and he'll start moving that way. If you want him to jump, you bang the two of them at the same time. If you want him to to to, uh, to stun enemies and, and pick up bananas that are around him, you clap and this little sphere around you, whatever's in within that sphere gets affected by your clap. Um, it's a really fun game and so like, you know, you'll be running along and, and if, if you come across a, an enemy that's say, you know, a bit bigger than you and you do a jump and you land on their back, well then the, the game zooms into you on on the big Say say it's a big furry pig, and you're on top of the or a boar, I should say. You're on top of the boar's back. You just nail those drums, you know, left, right, left, right, left, right, over and over, and and Donkey Kong will punch down on the on the on the on the enemy as you're hitting, or 
there's another place where he'll eat bananas depending on how fast you can drum. So you really want to get a, a fast beat and, 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 and even beat as well. Um, you know, the music is good. The animation is, is, is good. Um, it's not quite as polished as I've, as I remembered. I, I did, I did play this, um, years ago. I rented it one time for my GameCube. Um, I, I don't know if it was when it first came out, but it was definitely years ago. I rented it one day and had a good time with it then. It, it's a relatively short game, which is why I didn't buy it at the time, because uh, I, I think we pr pretty much finished it. We had gotten to like the second last world or or uh, something like that, and uh, so you know. But now I, I got it for ten bucks, so and I can't and I can't see my, I can't see any reason why I wouldn't play it more. Um, it's actually been hard to find. I mean, we're here two generations later, and and you know some GameCubes aren't, aren't at. You can't find them at your local EB or GameStop anymore. Uh, and and there is a place locally that had it. Uh, they were they were selling it for like full price. It's like oh, 50, 60 bucks. And I said, forget it. Like I don't need it that bad. But I, I found a Facebook, a local Facebook uh, game traders group, and I just put down, you know, I joined it, I said, looking for Jungle Beat, let me know what your price is. Within 10 minutes of my post, uh, some guy came back and said, yeah, 10 bucks, no problem. So, yeah, 10 bucks, <laughs> that's cheap, and that's for me. So, um, I'll probably have, I might have more to talk about it later on, um, because Peter really enjoyed playing it, uh, yeah, as you can imagine, a four-year-old wailing away on some on some bongos, uh, and he, he gets it. it, it uh, he was... He he just wanted to go crazy for a while, but now he's starting to understand. You know, the right one, the left one makes you go, and and how fast you you hit the drum is how fast he'll walk and stuff, and uh, and some of the you know the as I mentioned the clapping. Um, there's a is it a monkey? There's a monkey in certain places. If you clap, he'll grab Donkey Kong's hand and like kind of boost him into the air to the next one to the next one and help you traverse the the, the areas that way. Um, he, he kind of gets that now, and so the timing is, is is all that's left for him to kind of grasp. So, you know, it's a good game. Um, it's by the it's by the same team who who would go on to do the Mario Galaxy games, and and you can you can tell that you know that some of that quality is there, some of that polish. Uh, I, I know I said it was a little bit unpolished, but but just in terms of uh, something different, something new, a, a new approach to it, to it to a tried and true formula um, there's a few sound effects too that I noticed that, <laughs> that were the same from, two, from both games if anyone remembers uh, in Galaxy when you fight a boss and you get to the point where he where the boss kind of gets pissed off and starts going a lot faster running around and stuff it's like a whistle blowing like a like a like a, like a steam whistle kind of sound uh, that's the it's the same sound in, in Jungle Beat when, when the boss gets mad um, this is an example but yeah it's a great game uh, yeah, and that is it. That's what I've been playing. Glacinator, what are you up to? Well, just to reply, to? well, to reply to John real quick, that game has some of the most satisfying level design, 2D level design that I've played. It's almost like you're playing a Sonic game uh, when you learn, like, you learn the jumps and you learn the timing of when to do things, and you can just fly through that first level. And it's like right, 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 clap, left, left, clap, clap. It's it almost it's pretty musical when you get it down. There's a rhythm to it, obviously. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those games that I don't have anymore. But when I did play it, I would just play the levels that I was really good at after I beat the game, because it was just fun, just fly through it. And you knew exactly mm -hmm. what you were doing. 
they they came out with a Wii version, uh, a Wii, Wii controls, which didn't use the bongos at all. You just use the the Wii remote and the nunchuck, and it's, and I haven't played it, but I've heard that it's just not the same at all. No, you need to hit something. You know, yeah, that's, that's half the fun is making the noise while you're running. But uh, what else did I play this week? Uh, I played some more Awesome Knots this week. Um, the league or the season reset. Uh, it resets, I think, once every three months, maybe? Or four months? I don't know. So anyway, April 1st was the uh, first day that the new season started. So I had to start back down League 7 and 8. And uh, I forget how bad some people are. I shouldn't get mad at anyone, but it's frustrating sometimes when you're usually in like a higher-up league and you have to go back to the beginning and work your way up. But uh, whatever. Um, this isn't a game, but I did. I have talked about board games on the show in the past, so I guess I'll talk about this one really quick. Um, last Friday or Saturday, I think, uh, my roommate got another board game, and it's called The Betrayal at House on the Hill. And it's sort of like a... Uh, not really D&D-ish, but it's sort of like a, a horror-type adventure game. And what it is is you and some friends... Uh, end up in a haunted house, sort of like Luigi's Mansion, I guess, and you have to figure out what happens in the house. And you have basically, you have a, you have a book that comes with the game, and you have 50 different scenarios that you can choose from. Um, and so you choose a scenario, and as you explore the house, you have a deck of tiles, and the tiles are each rooms. So every time you play the game, you shuffle the tiles, and when you pull out the tiles, it's a room. So every time you play, it's a different it's a different house, basically. You have tiles that are for the roof, tiles that are for the second floor, first floor, tiles that are for the basement. And uh, you can go in between the different floors and between the different rooms. And you have different characters that have different move speeds and attack speeds and whatnot. But uh, the catch of the game is that after a certain point in the game, after a certain amount of time and cards received, uh, the, the betrayer is revealed. So one of the players, depending on the scenario and depending on what item was just picked up or what room they were in, becomes the betrayer. Or someone else becomes the betrayer. It's, it's different for every scenario. And so the scenarios are everything from, like, uh, there's a mummy in the basement and he's trying to find his, his dead bride to vampires to uh, the last one we played, uh, some guy turned into a werewolf. Uh, and basically when you become the betrayer, you either have, you have to complete, you get a separate task. So you go into the another room and other people stay in the room. You basically have to work together to figure out a plan to defeat the bad guy. Uh, so far, the good guys have not won yet, uh, which is my only complaint of the game, is that the bad guy, when you become him, is always super-duper powerful. Like, the werewolf scenario we had, he had a dog with him that bit him and turned into a werewolf, and then he had, like, eight move speed. And then the next turn we had, he basically just came into all the rooms that we were in and ate us and turns into werewolves. But, uh, I mean, because there's so many different scenarios to do, there's definitely a lot of replayability to it. So we'll probably play it again some more this weekend, and hopefully we'll all win once. I have, I have never been the bad guy yet, so maybe that's why I'm angsty about it, because I haven't won yet. But if you like horror-ish games and teamwork games, and this that was it's pretty fun. So that's what I've been playing. Uh, as for me, I... Obviously, Town of Warm Online, and it's funny because I... I spend more time in there now because I'm in a setting where there's new players or new-ish players and so I spend a lot of my time helping them 
that wasn't really the goal when I moved to where I'm currently living in the game, but that's kind of become the the, the thing that happens. Um, I, I may talk about that a little more as the weeks go on. If there's if if the if the right things develop, it's been it's b become kind of an interesting experience um, because before I lived kind of <laughs> in the middle of nowhere <laughs> with no neighbors, no not nearly as many people around as there are now. Um, but outside of Worm Online, uh, I picked up a game on Steam, and I kind of knew that it was one that I'm going to have to more fully investigate when my video card gets back from the RMA death spin. Um, it's called Space Engineers, and it's a sandbox. It's it's another sandbox building game. It's just a different take on it. You're literally a dude in a space suit with a kind of ship platform, and you can just go nuts from there. You can mine asteroids. You can build ships. You can build uh, you can build um, structures. You know, it it really all kind of depends on what you want to do. It's it's similar to Minecraft or Worm Online, only it's set in space. Um, it's an early release, like a lot of things. So I mean, they're kind of updating things all the time. Uh, I had a hell of a time getting it to run with run. As stable as I wanted it to with my old video cards, so um, I just kind of dipped my toe into it. It's interesting, and obviously, whether I've actively stated it or not, I'm far more interested in sandbox games these days um, than I am just your standard Objective A to Objective B games. But um, you really kind of got to be cautious <laughs> when picking some of these sandbox games especially on Steam, because there's a lot of them out there, and a lot of them are garbage. Um, I got a recommendation from, from a guy I play Worm online with about Space Engineers, and that's why I gave it a shot. But again, I, I think that will be a future episode uh, where I'll talk about it more in-depth, because I'd like it to run a little bit more stable on my rig before I put a lot of effort into it. Um, it's it's more similar to Minecraft in that it's both single player and you can join a multiplayer server to build with your friends or grief your friends or whatever. But um, uh, it, it, I like the concept. I like the twist of it being in space. Um, you know, you, can't, you there's different elements you have to deal with. And the only other thing that I've been playing this week and literally picked it up right before the show uh, when I was kind of lounging around waiting waiting until we met the arcane ritual determination determined time that we meet every week uh, is Worms Armageddon, Worms 2 Armageddon from Team 17 on my Google Nexus 7 tablet I it was only 99 cents which makes it like a no brainer because I love the Worms franchise and I played Worms Armageddon at an ass ton when it was on PC back in the day I'm not sure that the touch controls are the best format for this game. I It'll be key, interesting to see how it goes from here as I play it more, because I only got maybe 15 minutes to try it out in a practice match. Um, I, I think they would have been better served to have made more dragon release mechanics than what they're doing. Some of the movement mechanics are a little wonky. Um, and and at times with with a Worms game, you kind of need to be 
pretty fairly precise so as to destroy the enemy worm and or worms and not destroy yours. <laughs> um, but I always love Team 17 games. I'm willing to give them cash, and it was pretty easy given that I have a pretty fat Google Play wallet after Christmas gift cards. Uh, you know, uh, Team 17 for me growing up is like a lot of these guys, and, and Rare was growing up. Um, so I, 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 I'm going to spend some more time with it. Even even if it is on a tablet where I generally tend to lose focus a lot faster than I do on PC or console, but uh, that's all I've been playing. So that's all we've been playing this week. Uh, quick quick programming note: I screwed up when I talked about the last or the next time we're gonna attempt to record live and didn't realize it until I was shooting uh, Patman Van Man Can Man a message on Facebook. It's actually going to be the 24th. Uh, I am so used to the record like this, and then it's out the next day, that I gave the date when we post stuff on Friday. <laughs> so it's not the 25th, it will be the 24th of April that we will attempt another um, attempt another uh, live show, and we'll, we'll of course give you all the social media stuff at the end of the show, and there will be updates and announcements there, as there are usually. Uh, okay, so that out of the way, let's move on. Um, we're going to talk about the Oculus Rift Facebook thing a little more tonight, partly because we were doing so many different things and new things last week that, that it, it probably didn't get its proper due, and partly because John Carmack finally spoke. Now, uh, both of you and myself have read the, the statement that he put out. Uh, I really am curious... John, let's start with you. I'm really curious what you thought of his statement. Um, did it did it ring with you, or or, or what was your take? Um, I thought I thought it was a little more reassuring that that he's not, you know, panicking or making crazy, you know, statements about it. You know, there, you know, he. He says he shares some of the misgivings about companies existing and operating only to be acquired, but he does seem to seem to think that they had a little more uh, understanding about where where it can go. Not that they just they just don't just want to take it and make you be able to poke your friends in virtual reality. So it it made me a little bit feel a bit more better about it. Glace, what did you? What were your thoughts and feelings on Carmack's statement once he finally spoke? I mean, he's a, he's a smart guy, obviously, so I, this, this does make me a little bit more hopeful, but, of course, then there's always the question of how much, if you want to be cynical, how much of in denial is he at the moment? So, I, I, I don't know. I don't really like just going off of words, so until I see what it is, is I can't really say. But it does make me a little bit more hopeful for it. It gave me a twinge of reassurement because I have a lot of respect for Carmack and the way he conducts himself. But the other edge of the sword in that is he's not one and never has been one to drag the laundry out in the public. You know, uh, other game developers of his caliber, I guess you could say, or, or the level of respect that, that he gets 
at times tend to drag the laundry out into public and, and rant and rave a little bit. Um, I've, I've never personally observed Carmack doing that much. So this, so I'm a little concerned that this tempered statement is a not the reality, and b it just has that hint of PRness. Now, everybody that listens to this show knows when it sounds like PR spin, I will hop on it, and I and nobody's safe. There's no sacred cow. So even as much as I respect and admire Carmack, if I thought this was PR spin bullshit. I'd be treating him just like I do name redacted too. <laughs> so, so I don't misunderstand me, but I, it gives me a tinge of reassurance. But the problem is, is, is no matter if he's correct in asserting that, that VR needs to have a much larger platform because it's going to be a m- much bigger than gaming thing. I still don't think Facebook is that right is the right platform. I, I I think that the I think that the Valve route he talked about would have been an acceptable route because I don't think VR is going to blow up overnight like some of these guys do. Um, I I really really don't. That that is the concern right there. Um, so I mean, it it's. I don't know, what do you think about that statement of mine, John? That it's not going to blow up so fast that it needs the quote-unquote technical infrastructure of Facebook like he's talking, like he talked about in this statement. Um, I, I kind of think that what the, the, more so than just the fact that it's Facebook, it, it's, it's the resources, the, the money that's going to allow VR to move forward at a, at, a, at a faster clip than perhaps what it would have been. It's kind of what, it's kind of what I was saying last week about it. Like it's just, it, it, it kind of takes some of the some of the some of the the pressure away. It adds a different kind of pressure, maybe, but but it, it takes some of the the, the un unsureness of of getting the job done away. Well, see, uh, and I think that you're correct, but at the same time, it's going to suffer from the we want it to be huge now. And, a little bit, yeah, and it and it and it may not be ready for that scale. Mm-hmm. See, That's... this is a this is to me a, a a technology that needs to have more of a slow burn growth. And Steam's a major example of that. If they if if some other massive company had tried to buy Valve and Steam when it first launched, going digital is the only future a decade ago, it would have it it would have flamed out. Digital distribution, which is essentially what Steam is and nothing else, needs to have a slow growth. Needs to have, you know, needed to have its teething period. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Facebook's going to give them a proper teething period. I think, I, I think Zuckerberg is so focused on, on pleasing investors. And to please investors, you have to get a return on your internal investments as a company. So they're going to be rushed, 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 rushed with VR. And the and make no mistake, gamers were going to be, or might still be with Sony's and others, the leading edge that you need to prove VR before you start having Pornville virtual reality on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my super concern. 
Okay, sorry, Glace. Uh, what, any of that stuff John and I were just babbling about, the babbling part was more me than John. Uh, what are your thoughts or, or take on the too fast, too soon, less stress, more stress? You don't want Pornville? Oh, no, I do. That's, that's, but... that's, my, that's my real question. <laughs> you got a problem with Pornville? No, I have no problem with Pornville, but I don't want it on Facebook. I want it on another server. You're going to deny horny teenagers everywhere. Ah, but according to the latest user statistics and all these stupid articles that I see from time to time, teenagers are not using Facebook anymore. Well, no. That's true. <laughs> I mean, look how lame parents have made Facebook. Honestly. I can barely stand anymore either, just because all my friends... That I know that are older are having like children, and they're putting their baby pictures up. Like I don't, I don't mind, you know, you John or Pat. I know, was just gonna you, say, you guys, you guys are, you are pretty, dig, you know, how far are you gonna dig this hole? Because <laughs> you guys are pretty. Uh, what's the word? Uh, you Even, don't, you don't abuse it. You yes, don't abuse it. That's a good way to put it. I have people who was like, my son just took his first poop today. Here's a picture of it, smiley face. You know, like stuff like that. I'm just like, oh god, I don't need to. <laughs> know about this. My daughter drank a glass of juice. Oh yeah, God. stuff like that, yeah. <laughs> but, so. but as far as the whole... whole is Sorry, sidetracked. Yeah, no, it's fine, because it's funny, because I, I was waiting to see how far you dig that hole, because I damn near dug it in a private conversation with Pat. I was bitching about another friend and not thinking about the fact that he puts pictures of Thomas on Facebook, and it, the, the light bulb didn't come on until I'd kind of already dug myself a pretty deep hole. Thankfully, Pat's used to me <laughs> and used to my kind of bull in the china closet mentality and style, so he didn't take offense. And you have the absolute correct right or correct term. John and John and Patrick are the perfect example of how you should, or at least if you don't want to know your friends, the amount you should post pictures of your offspring on Facebook. <laughs> Oh, but I actually carrying the tangent out even further. One of my buddies says that, as far as he's concerned, it should be illegal for parents to join Facebook. I think he meant in that case his, you know, like older older parents, like like our parents. <laughs> what really freaks me out is the people that like set up profiles for like their unborn children. That concept just creeps me out. I saw that somebody was promoting that, a friend of a friend promotion kind of thing on Google Plus the other day, and the avatar was an ultrasound photo. And I'm like sitting, I can't look away from it. I'm like sitting there horrified at this concept that... And I'm not, I don't want to get into the debate, but something I don't even consider a person has a Google Plus profile or a Facebook profile. It's like, it's a... It, ah! Damn it, Glitz, why'd you bring that up? Back to VR. Let's let's reel this back in before it gets any worse. So, virtual reality fetuses. Uh... Yeah. yeah uh, wow, talk about, <laughs> talk about... Talk about your tough delivery. <laughs> I got that. I was I waiting to see if anybody got it. Because now I like pictures an ultrasound with a Oculus Rift helmet strapped to a fetus. Um, uh, anyway, 
Any final thoughts, Glacinator, <laughs> on, on the VR stuff a week later? I'm still of the wait-and-see mentality. I don't believe it until I see it. I, I, think it, I think that that's my attitude, too, but I am far more skeptical because it's Facebook. And because of the market pressures, I know that it's on Facebook. And don't get me wrong, I think I would still have a, a fairly hesitant attitude if it was Microsoft or Sony or, or EA or whoever. But but the fact that Facebook is not gaming first or is not digital entertainment first and hasn't done the greatest job with it when they've even attempted it makes my wait-and-see attitude a wait-and-see without much hope. <laughs> that it's going to be anything plus a week a week's worth of memes a week's worth of memes of of prototypes of the of the facebook brand across the face kind of horrified me um okay so that's oculus i'm i have no doubt we're not done with that topic <laughs> if you're hoping that's two and done audience I, i'm gonna guess it's probably not um continuing in the hardware area um, some people called this a surprise announcement, but they've only been rumoring it and saying it and, and beating around the bush about it for like months. Um, they being Amazon who announced a $99 fire TV set top a box set the top. Uh, it's a me. It's a Mario. Uh, sorry. Set the top of box. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I went Mario there, uh, or bad porn star, one of the two. <laughs> bad pizza delivery porn star. Uh, Set-top box. <laughs> I think it's the cadence of that. Trying to say it without stuttering, I went Mario. Um, Set-top box, and it was available the minute they announced it. Um, for your 99 bucks, I'm, I read this article, and I'm not really sure what the hell you get for your 99 bucks. Uh, the ability to buy other stuff, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Um, for those of you that want to use the, uh, as I called it sarcastically in our chat, the Oya Part Three Back from Hell, um, the TV gamepad will retail for forty bucks and will include a thousand Amazon coins, which you can use to play the company's kit, or which is their virtual currency you can use to buy games. Uh, it's the they were smart with the controller, from what I've seen of it. It looks a hell of a lot like an Xbox 360 controller. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, that's not f preferring Microsoft over Sony. Either one, copying either one would have been acceptable over what Valve tried to do. Um, so, I guess we'll roll into this one with... Glace, what are your initial reactions, thoughts, tangents about the, um, about the Amazon Fire? Was that... The commercial that I saw with uh, Gary Busey. Do you guys see that? I have no idea. I don't watch that much TV. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's what I was going to talk about. But I just saw, the, I think it was Amazon, this fire thing. It was just the oddest commercial I've ever seen in my entire life. He, he's basically talking to inanimate objects. And he's like, well, this works when I talk to it inanimately. I, I don't know. I th I'm gonna wait. Look, come back to me. I'm gonna make sure that it's, it's him. And I'm not being insane here. I'm looking it up right now too. Um, yes, it is. 
Amazon's first ad for Fire TV stars Gary Busey, and boy, is it weird. No, I haven't seen that. So you collect your thoughts, Glaze. John, what's your initial reaction to this announcement of a set-top box gaming console? God only knows what else it's supposed to be. Well, I mean, the way they're pushing it, I mean, it has games, the ability to play games, but, I mean, their focus seems to be, you know, video, streaming video, you know, recorded video, what, you know, the the you know, the Netflixes, Hulu boxes, all, blah, 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 blah. The things that you can get on your Apple TV, but with some extra power under the hood to, to be able to do some more stuff, I think. Um, I mean... <sighs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not surprised that someone else is coming out with this, with a hundred dollar set top box. It's certainly evidence to me that that this this kind of thing is not going to go away. Whether or not you know these I mean, these kinds of boxes are, are almost almost what's in a smart TV these days. You know they have all that all that stuff built in. Um, I was telling when I, when I saw the announcement, I you know, I was telling my 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 coworker, um, like this is this is the way it's going. This is this is kind of the future. I I, I don't. You know, on-demand video whenever you want it, and all you know, someone just provides the box and if and you're like um, me. To, to, to do it through like easy, like easy access, to just hook it up and go. So, you know, I, you know, if, if Amazon can do something more with it with the games, I mean, I think, and, if, and if it, especially if it's successful, you know, the next version of the Apple TV, I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, the rumors have said this before, but I wouldn't be surprised if it. If it, you know, the next one has access to the app store, and you can start doing, you know, you'll have specific, you know, apps for for the Apple TV. It won't have a touchscreen interface, I guess, but it's the kind of thing that you know could really snowball. And and you know, if 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 it's easy to kind of put together this, this for different companies, you know, you're going to see a lot of competition. So this is number number three if you if you don't count the the Sony uh, Vita TV. Um, which is certainly more gaming based than than this. So it, I think it also has the streaming video capabilities. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I think they'll probably make some bucks on it. Um, where it goes from here, we'll see. Well, there. It depends on what Google does with Chromecast next, which is their little thirty-five dollar dongle that I've been thinking about buying for my parents so they could hitch onto my Netflix account. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's even that's even smaller than a, than a Roku. Like a Roku is a, is a hundred bucks, right? Yeah, this thing's basically just a USB dongle. Yeah. Which our Wi-Fi is good enough. Or, uh, Wi-Fi Wi-Fi you can get here for via cable is good enough to to stream pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I I would suspect even with a minimum package, I would suspect that that even for folks like my parents who are not well. My mother's computer literate with conditions, meaning if she gets slightly frustrated, it's all over. But the shouting. Uh, my father, on the other hand, forget it. <laughs> Unless it involves <laughs> hitting something with a hammer. Um, but you know, in a way, this proves that Microsoft and the Xbox One aren't wrong. They're yeah. just early. You know what I'm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, oh, totally. I mean, I mean, the features of the Xbox One are not unlike something like this, except that it has a heavy-duty gaming machine underneath, underneath it. I mean, which makes Sony's attitude better, or or better for gamers. But how long can they hold out? Mm-hmm. 
Well, Christ, I mean, the PS4 has has those things, some some of those things built in, too. I mean, the Wii U has Netflix and all that shit, too. But this is where it's this going. This is where, where, how much control does it get over your television? You know, is it, is it the easiest thing to get? I mean, the $100 price point is very accessible. Well, this reminds me, this reminds me of the... Uh, of the early days of our podcast when we first started talking about digital delivery and Gunsage was you know doing the Charlton Heston saying you're taking my physical media from my cold dead hands gaming consoles and to a certain extent possibly to the same extent PCs this is the future kids it's over <laughs> I, I mean and again just like I did the 200 plus or 200 shows ago when I said, hey, doubt me if you want, but in five to 10 years, you know, digital distribution is going to be king or probably I probably said 15 back then. Same thing applies here. You know, Oya, we made a lot of fun of it. Pat and I made 10 times more fun of it in in uh, in in personal chats, more Pat than me. But things like Oya, Google Chrome or Chromecast, Apple TV, uh, Roku, this, this thing, you know, because at this point, at least with the consoles, you're only fighting for the casual market. The hardcore Microsoft fans are going to go Xbox every time. The hardcore Sony fans are going to go Sony every time. You might see a few people cross no man's land. You're going after the non-traditional gamer from here on in, like the Wii did so successfully last generation. And these guys aren't going to help your battlefield. It's just going to make it more messy. You know. Okay, so Gary Busey, man. <laughs> Thoughts? Beyond um, the commercial. I was looking at the uh, the list of games, and while the hardware itself is interesting, and I really do love my Apple TV, and this seems to be an extension, an expansion of that, uh, in terms of the games themselves, I don't see any specifically that don't look disposable. And I think that's the problem with these these mini-systems, or whatever you want to call them, is that there are no games that are on them that I want to go jump out and download. Uh, I'm looking up their main one right now. It's called Sev Zero, which is exclusive for this uh, for Amazon Fire. And it just looks like a one of those new rowdy app app games on the iPhone. Like, uh, maybe like a Mass Effect iPhone edition clone. So... I think it's supposed to be more like LOL or, or the Tower Defense, you know, League of Legends. Or Tower yeah, Defense Yeah, it's, it's, it's a third-person shooter, though. So... Right, but similar vein of... Yeah, yeah. Attack. It just... I'm looking at it right now. It doesn't look that great. So until there is a, some sort of franchise or individual game that isn't as I say, disposable, then you're not going to have any sort of mass movement towards it. I think it's definitely interesting. But well, well, like I said, I mean, they're not they're not pushing it as here's your gaming mm-hmm. console. I mean, it's it's an added feature, and and I'm sure as it expands, um, you'll you'll see more focus on it. Yeah, the the main. Uh, Xbox One and PS4, the games are the main draw, and the features are add-ons. This is the features are the main draw, and then the games are add-ons. So it depends what you want want first, I think. Excellent way to put it, and to me, that just that just uh, puts bold type on the fact that 
this is probably a better option or could be a better option for a casual gamer who does more TV stuff, movie stuff. You know, why spend four ninety nine to five ninety or four three ninety nine to four ninety nine, unless you're in Canada, uh, on a gaming console when you can play a few games? I mean, they got. Uh, let's see, what's what ones are sticking out here? Terror, Terraria is on here. It will be on here in their four ninety nine. Crazy Taxi, um, The Cave by Double Fine, Minecraft Pocket Edition. It's Android based, so duh. Uh, a couple of the classic Sonics. Oh, what else do I see here? Ah, Radiant's kind of fun. Um, and how much can you do with the two gigabytes of RAM as well? Uh, you know, it's re- I don't know. I'm just going to say I don't know. Because the problem <laughs> is, in a, in a PC, that would be garbage. <laughs> I get by decently on 8. Really wish I had 16. This is not a PC, <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, do you have any idea what the Apple has? Since you have Apple, Apple TV, uh, let me look up real quick. Well, the Apple TV doesn't have any doesn't have any real storage either for for games, as as it currently exists, right? I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it doesn't really. Ooh. Like it just handles streams, I think, and 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 networking to your computer and stuff. I don't think it does anything else. I'm seeing stuff here that says 40 gigabytes. What? No. What? It can't have 40 gigabytes of memory. <laughs> the top line game. 160 water- gigabyte? No. No. What no. This? What is this? I don't know. The top-line water-cooled gaming rigs from pick your favorite custom manufacturer only go up to 32 gig. <laughs> it says 160 GB. Whoever is writing this is an idiot. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah, I, the Apple TV doesn't really need memory for anything. Wait a minute. Doesn't you sure that's not a 1.66 gigahertz processor? Uh, maybe I'm an idiot. Um, hey again I I suspect like Oya you will have the gamers that just oh poo poo this and poo poo that and poo poo this and poo poo this but sooner or later one of them's gonna hit this assault's not stopping I think is what the overall thing the overall theme to me that's important to gamers this assault of, of all-in-ones is not going to stop, and and companies are going to continue to react to it. You can't tell me that that eventually Sony's not going to fall to it, that Microsoft's not going to bring back some of the things that got them the dreaded hate from hell. You know, if mm-hmm. one of these hits, and I mean big-time hits, not maybe we levels of success, but... You know, and Amazon's not run by stupid people. <laughs> the question for me, and let's ask Glace this first: Does this force Apple's hand into making their Apple TV box play games, which has been rumored for like 500 years? Absolutely. You think so? You think yes. this is going to finally make Apple make the jump? Uh, yes. I don't think 
they don't even necessarily have to have a controller. I mean, honestly, you can just use your iPhone as a controller. I think they have they have they have a lot of options. So I think the next logical step is definitely adding games onto that thing. Yeah, well, I mean, it'd be an easy transition because it, you know you're looking at this is Android powered, so all the Android 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 mo- mobile games should walk right over. I would suspect. You think so? Uh, should work the same with Apple. You know, if it runs on the iOS games or iOS powered devices, then it should walk over fairly easy to Apple TV. Um, okay, so my final question. Oh, actually, John, do you, do you think Apple's going to jump, or are they still going to wait and see? Uh, I, I think it, this is as close as, as, as it has gotten to making them force their hand. I, I think that they might... It's uh, a question. Will they wait and see whether or not uh, it does well or not? Um, might, might be one indicator for them, but but then again, why let them get, get ahead at all when it's already built in? It's not like they have to get people on board to supporting Apple products. You know what I mean? It's already I, built I, in. I think Apple, much like Microsoft to a certain extent, and Sony to a certain extent, have multiple platforms, so they have the ability to be patient. It's not like they need the money. Mm-hmm. Amazon true. is a new dog in the... F- no, let's don't use that phrase. That's not nice. Um, Amazon's a new player in the game. They don't have hardware. But at the same time, I kind of have the same concern or question about Amazon getting into hardware that I do Valve. Of course, at least Amazon's not taking the bucket of like bait approach that Valve is. <laughs> 27,000 of them at 1,500 different prices. Um, and that's another one. If what happens if the Steam machine with the Steam OS takes off, you know? Yeah. Yep. I, I, the only thing that keeps just running through my head and screaming and shouting like Gary Busey is that the day of the gaming only console is doomed and dead. And there are a lot of pundits, and it amazes me the amount of them that I respect and admire that are gonna just absolutely have to give up. The tide is going to overwhelm them. And 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 make no mistake, I'm not saying I think it's a good thing or that I like it. That's not my job here, or not how I, I, I present myself here in on WonderPod. I am just observing and giving you what I think is going to happen next. Actually anal- analyzing stuff, unlike Name Redacted One, who just makes swami-like prophecies that are either no-brainers or never going to happen in a thousand fucking years. Um, <clears throat> so, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't think it. I don't think it adds anything to tell you whether I think this is a good thing or a bad thing. Um, in fact, to me, it parallels like rule changes in sandbox games like Worm Online. I, I look at it as is it going to disturb my happy experience or my happy gaming time? Amazon Fire is not, so I can just ignore it. <laughs> you know, if I find a use for it, or I find a use for a set-top box like this, then I might pay more attention to it. Until then, I don't care. You know, 
I, I mean, I, I struggle mightily every day with, with how much gamers should be aware of these kinds of things, how well-informed even the most average basic gamers should be. Uh, I, I think it should be far more than they are. Um, while companies, most companies are dicks and assholes, a lot of times gamers are not as well-informed as I think they should be or some pundits seem to think they should be. Uh, you know, but it, it'll be interesting to see who gets an itchy trigger finger next with this, I think. And and much like the Oculus news, I think this is going to come back. Um, I think this is going to be a reoccurring topic uh, a, as we go forward. Mm-hmm. Agreed. That, by the way, I didn't watch all of it, but that Busey commercial looks like typical Gary Busey glaze. Just a, such an odd marketing decision. I mean, definitely. I mean, I guess it worked because I shared it with you, advertising. But it didn't I, really look like a product placement at all. I probably told this story on the show before, but I don't care because I'm going to tell it again. After he had his motorcycle accident in the '90s, that did some brain damage to him. To what I'm guessing is an already damaged brain. That Saturday Night Live bit where they were where they were selling on an infomercial the Gary Busey helmet, the Gary Busey helmet protector, and the Gary Busey helmet helmet protector, which was like three increasingly large styrofoam like half face helmets, and it ended up being this giant styrofoam afro of epic proportions, like the guy could barely hold his neck straight. I have never laughed at anything. Why? Well, nah, that's bullshit. I've never. Or I've. I've. <laughs> Rarely laughed that hard at very many things, um, but that I I can find that skit on 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 YouTube and just laugh at it because it was so because Busey was running around saying he was perfectly fine and it was obvious that something had gone horribly wrong when his head whacked the pavement, and he continued to be a I'm not going to wear a helmet guy in the era when they were fighting over helmet laws and on motorcycles, um, so. Okay, let's uh, let's let's talk about a little bit a little bit quick stuff about uh, crossplay. Something Pat Man and I discuss a lot in, in our uh, daily conversations. War Thunder skips Xbox One due to crossplay hitch. Microsoft responds. Um, once it reaches the PS4 combat simulator, War Thunder will feature crossplay multiplayer between the user base and its existing PC audience. Uh, unfortunately, Gaijin Entertainment CEO Anton Yudensev told GameSpot the cross-platform element is not allowed on the Xbox One, citing the limitation as the reason for War Thunder to pass console the the console by. Uh, Microsoft is not allowing crossplay completely, which means War Thunder cannot be on Xbox One. He explained that Microsoft requires a certification of gaming servers to guarantee a positive experience for players. The goal that Yudensev says isn't possible under the current circumstances. Blah, blah, blah. He added that Microsoft has a lot of unspoken limit. It's basically a whole story shitting all over Microsoft and their attitude about um, free-to-play games. And then Microsoft responded to the story, stating it works with developers interested in supporting cross-play between the Xbox One and the PC to ensure great user experience. On the upside, uh, Yudensev did compliment the Microsoft's ID and Xbox initiative, adding, adding that he hopes Microsoft changes the policy for indie, indie games to allow Gaijin to eventually launch War Thunder and Xbox One, blah, blah, blah. 
This doesn't so much matter about War Thunder because it's a combat simulator that probably has a at most a modest audience that will be cross-playing. Um, but it does bring to light the fact that Microsoft has got some damn issues. And it's not going to help them in closing the supposed gap between them and Sony. Bigger still, it's not going to help their overall health, period. Now, Phil Spencer has been named CEO of Xbox, or, or in charge of the Xbox, and he claims it's going to be about games first now, blah, 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 blah. I am really reevaluating my uh, thoughts on Xbox Live and and their policies. I, I still don't think they're quite as draconian and archaic as the haters or the Sony fanboys would love for you to believe. But, John, don't you think it's getting to the point where MS needs to make a, a complete overhaul of how Xbox Live works and, and, and sooner rather than later? Mm-hmm. I think so. And I mean, I think crossplay is the way. That, I mean, as as a particular example, is the way to go. And you know, it's just going to open up your ability, you know, ability to reach more people and and just play on equal equal playing ground with everybody else. I mean, look at look, look at Nintendo, for example. Like some of the way, some of the things that they're so far behind on, Microsoft can't afford to let that happen to them by just silly policy stuff. They need to. Crack it open and let it go. See, that's the, that is the. It's kind of funny because Sony has a lead right now. They're they're kind of on the the, you know the 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 top platform, and Microsoft is in silver and and, and Nintendo's bronze. Um, I'm sure there's certain shower engines that would like to stab me in the face with a fork for say even daring to say that but it's true and my the thing is is microsoft and not just crossplay the entire way xbox live gold works the entire way that they deal with indies and 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 deal with certification um needs to be revamped as far as i'm concerned i i mean it gets really muddy because they claim that you get, you know, oh, look at all the value built into PSN, you get or PS Plus, you get all these free games and you get all this. No, you're paying for it. You're just paying five or six, eight bucks less than you do for Xbox Live Gold. <laughs> um, you're getting more for what you pay for with Sony currently. I fully have come to believe that, but not as much as some of the fan kids would love you to believe some of the noise and hype uh glace time for a major overhaul of xbox live should phil spencer just fucking run in there and throw chairs like bomber and get shit done the more xbox and microsoft is acting like this the more they're acting like a, a jealous girlfriend <laughs> oh i can't wait to see where this analogy goes continue oh gosh now i have the yeah, now you it. have to take it somewhere. That's right. You're on the spot, tap dancing in the minefield. What do I now? What do I, what does Daniel mean by that? Uh, just in terms of how. Well, the good news. I don't know. You go out. You go out. Let's say you go out with a bunch of guys. There's some girls there too. I don't know. You would go out to a bar somewhere. Nintendo's off in the corner, crying to itself. You know. You're sitting there, you're Sony, you're sitting there, you're, you're a PC, 
There's Mac over there masturbating in the corner crying to himself as well. And then your girlfriend walks in and goes, you can't do that. You can't be with all these people. Only me. You can only be with me. It's like, no, well, everyone else is being with everyone else. If you don't want to hang out with everyone else, then you can just leave. We'll just have all the fun over here, and then you won't get in on anything at all. And then people, no one will come to your party now because you're being a bitch. So, yes, Microsoft is being a whiny girlfriend. I'm I'm assuming it's safe to say that your own girlfriend does not listen to this show. Probably a good thing, too. No. She actually tried to listen last week, but she said she didn't understand anything. <laughs> yeah. We we are we do appeal to a niche audience. I appreciate. I think effort. I think she I think she tuned in when we were talking about uh 3D boobs, and she's like, oh that was a bad uh, yeah yeah she was like why are you and I was like don't worry about it. Keep her no she, she's to- she's totally cool. This is not an analogy. This analogy no, is no I didn't say it was related yeah, to her at all. Let's get that out there in case she does stumble upon this. But the but this is kind of three adults stepping away from their daily lives and acting far more juvenile than. Gen- we generally do. Um, if you don't know me well enough by now, the air quotes were flying when I said that. Uh, see, I think that I think it, the jealous girlfriend or whiny girlfriend is kind of accurate, but I think it's more of complacent. They got complacent like Nintendo did, only not as badly. They got so used to Sony tripping over their own shoelaces every time they tried something on this generation... And mm-hmm. everybody making fun of them that they felt that they could continue to ride that incompetence, and mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm still not convinced it's not going to come back. Sony's still got a lot. Sony's Sony is impressing me, but they've got a long way to go before I forget the Kevin Baker loud screaming Marcus idiot kid, uh, making fun of the Wii remote Wii remote, calling it a lollipop, and then turning around and making a fucking lollipop. Uh, you know, they they still have a long way to go before they are completely free, free and clear with me, a non-fanboy of either, although I do currently own Xbox products. Um, you know, but micro, Microsoft is Microsoft is 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 bleeding a little bit and they need they need to make some just major we're not going the old guard's not going to like it, but we're going to do it anyway changes. Um, you know, because Sony, and they need to take a page from Sony. It's still, to me, one of the most stunning things that's ever happened in the gaming and tech industry was how easily Sony slid by the you now have to pay for PS Plus to play games thing. If they had not done that in the way they'd done it, it would have been a poop storm, and it wasn't. It was, oh, that's okay, you get so much value for PS Plus. They're, they're, they're giving away golden doubloons around every corner you know i mean they just everybody fell for it hook line and sinker again and i said it last e3 too brilliant pr mm-hmm. you know but microsoft needs to take a page from that and and, and understand that the the things like this you know uh war war game simulation kerfuffle are only going to continue you know that's the reason I brought it up. Not so much that it's not going to be on Xbox One. I mean, it's it's again, it's a filler game. It's not it's not AAA top top shelf that they're losing to Sony. Um, 
and believe you me, PC gamers are gonna are thinking that they're gonna eat PS4 gamers alive because they're arrogant shitbags. Um, so we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm I'm interested. Actually, let me ask you that: Were you guys Phil Spencer's? Phil Spencer's always kind of been a eh, could be good, could be bad. What did you think of him being named Chief of Xbox, Glaze? I, I didn't really. I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't see that at all. At uh, well, all. Well, here's the problem I think we run into. Actually, I'll say that after I ask John. John, what was your thoughts of Spencer being? Uh, I, I didn't really think much of it at all. Like, just, yeah, it's another another face to talk in front of the camera. Well, see, that's where I think it threw some people, is he's usually out at E3, and sometimes the scripted crap they give him makes him look like a complete tool shed. <laughs> so I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt to see how he does in making executive decisions, not just being some goof on stage with a teleprompter that was written by a brain-damaged rhesus monkey. You know, because again, mm-hmm. and not hype- harping on it, that is one thing Sony also changed. Jack Trenton still needs to be uh, oiled with three and one oil every time he's on stage because he looks so damn wooden and rehearsed. But they did a lot better job of making it look natural, not look like a bunch of idiots that only speak in front of cameras and a microphone once a year. <laughs> uh, I, I mean... To me, Reggie Hamburger Fingers Filmy is probably the most natural. He seems to have the most chari- natural charisma of the leaders of the con- the big three or whatever you want to call them consoles. But, yeah, he, I, I know this much. Between Oculus, Facebook, uh, little, I almost said desktop, set-top gaming boxes coming left and right, and, and the kind of staggered console wars that really shouldn't matter anymore at this point, but apparently still do. E3 this year could actually be worth tuning in for. Maybe. <laughs> You're going to have to wait till June, because I still think there's a 30% chance I'm going to have to retract that statement. <laughs> um, okay, final thing we're going to talk about tonight, and this, this involves Sony. Um, and this headline alone pretty much made the... made the... the made it that it had to be on the show. Sony excited to give lots of Morpheus units to indie PS4 devs. Slurp, 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 slurp. Um, and I bet that's all basically it is. Uh, it's, oh, we'll give it to indie devs and they'll make Braid in virtual reality. Oh, look at us. We're Sony. We're riding this PR wave until it fucking just augers us headfirst in the ground. And again, good on them. Here's the problem. Here's the problem I see with this. Sony needs to look at what Val is happening to Steam. <laughs> because they could have this issue. They've already had PS4 Twitch streaming Pornorama go way too far. <laughs> we didn't cover it because we make better porn jokes than those stories about, for those of you that don't know, uh, people getting on Twitch on their PS4 and having rapid intercourse with their girlfriends, significant others, and other things, or or just spanking it. Um, but but John, I heard you speak up first. Don't you don't you think that's true? That Sony should probably pay attention to the example of the live bait pail that is the Steam store page <laughs> at the moment. 
Yeah, maybe a little bit. Uh, you know, try to. I mean, we talk about we talk about these companies being a little more open, but you, you know, we've also talked about how they need to keep it curated and, and keep the reins uh, taut so that it doesn't get things don't get out of hand. I, I like the idea that they're going to be giving it to the indie indie devs, you know, who may try some some things outside the box, uh, which is which is which is again reassuring in a way. Um, it's not just going to not just the top tier who are going to have access to this, access to this thing, um, but but yeah, yeah, they don't want it to get out of hand too much. Like, it, I, I hope it doesn't turn into like Sony's version of Greenlight, where they have indie devs just putting, you know, putting things up, just, just you know, things that they try to do, and that, that's maybe your where your <laughs> what was it? Oh. I I left the, the tub of light bait approach. Um, yeah, I I left those words specific words Greenlight out to see if either of you brought it up, but yeah, that those were that was exactly when I saw this headline, and again, it's brilliant PR for Sony. The hive mind is gonna just eat this up like it's their favorite kind of cake or pie, but there is a problem behind the mask, behind the PR spin, and and all you need to do if you're rational and willing and open-minded enough to learn something new, not just what the blogs force feed you, is go look at the Steam Greenlight pages. It's worse than Xbox Live Indie was on 360. Back when they first announced, you know, first turned it loose, X League. Yeah, Glace, what are your thoughts? Same thing, <laughs> or what, what are you thinking? Yeah, flat out same. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's I know we're kind of we've kind of just absolutely boned you this show as far as it's okay. giving you things to work with because, I mean, that is it. It's it's what was it? Was it wasn't it the Wii? That's the for, that was the first console that it got accused of piles and piles of shovelware. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, PS2 had it later on, but right off the bat, we got that accusation. Those accusations. Ah, here's one for you, Glaze, that you can answer first. Isn't it about time that even if it's indie, it when it's crap, it starts getting the shovelware label? Even if it's indie people trying something new that the big companies won't. Depends on what sort of crazy font they use. <laughs> Comic Sans. Comic Sans? Yeah. Is it artistic Comic Sans? Is it ironically used? Okay, fine. <laughs> fine. Papyrus. Yes, if he uses Papyrus. <laughs> I know. See? That's the criteria. Talking to, two ar- talking to artists, I know there's two fonts, or web designers, I know there's two fonts I could potentially bring up. That will that they'll fu- that they'll go yes to one of them either Comic Sans or Papyrus. Now Comic Sans doesn't bug me that much personally, but Papyrus, I, I want to strangle people. <laughs> I see logos done in it; it's just god awful. Now, see if you write your uh, your game up in Wingdings, man, that's that's true artistic talent there. <laughs> Wang dangs. Oh man. Uh, what the? But I mean, that's you know, that's the problem here. Is you you know, you like you see this, you see this quote from one of them, and I don't, I don't. Uh, I guess it was Yoshida. It's very hard for big companies to prove something that no one knows if there's a market there. Oh no, I was wrong. <laughs> Whoops. Who the hell is this guy? Anyways, it's some guy from. Oh no, it is Yoshida. Yeah. But indie guys are like, I'll do it. I'll do it. 
And there are many indie games being created in the marketplace because of that. Yeah, but the problem is, is, is the indies have the freedom to be creative. Indies have the freedom to do what corporate giants won't do. That's being used a little too much as a shield now. Because, again, for like every braid, there's 500 garbage shovelware papyrus wing wong. I know I said it wrong. Games that just, they just clutter the marketplace. You know, and that's the thing. I mean, maybe it's because it's gamers and, and they don't realize, and I bet Glace does, that it, in other forms of design, that there's always the 499, 499 garbage designs before you hit on the, the fifth, 500th one that is just bang. Perfect. This is going to work awesome. You know? I bet I bet I bet when I even create stuff for the the family farm and ranch it probably takes like 10, 10 different working designs or 10 different thoughts for a unique one-off thing we're doing before we finally get something that works exactly as we intended it. The thing is is I can hide the nine disaster abortions to where nobody will ever see them. I could just show off number 10. Indie games, you see everything. <laughs> From fully cooked to stuff that should have been put back in the oven. Or buried somewhere. <laughs> oh, one final thing I wanted to ask you guys about. Did you Have you guys at all heard about the saga of some team of people that were going to go try and dig up the infamous and possibly urban legend uh, garbage dump in New Mexico that supposedly contains the E.T. Atari games? No, I didn't hear about that. That would make a great effing movie. Well, oh my goodness. they've got the... I, I don't have the specifics in front of me because I was just kind of curious if you guys had heard anything about it. I saw a blip on some site I was on. might have been something as simple as basic as Yahoo that, 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 that there was these folks that wanted to go look for it, but the state of New Mexico is stopping them because it, the site is now considered a hazardous waste site. Um, not actual, like, you know, nuclear waste, but, but just old garbage and probably lead and asbestos and God only knows what else. Um, and so they're not, they're, they're attempting to worm their way through to be able to dig there to see if the cartridges actually got buried there. And, and to the best of my knowledge, Atari or whoever made that game never have confirmed or denied that that's where they went. But, yeah, I, I think they were going to make a documentary about it, Glace. Um, again, the live episode kind of threw me, as fun as it was to do, kind of threw me off with some of the random t tangents that loosely involve gaming <laughs> that I bring up from time to time. Uh, so it's been a couple weeks since I've seen the article. But, yeah, yeah, supposedly, I'd, I'd be curious if they... I'm probably, A, dating myself, and B, nobody's going to get it, but it kind of reminds me of Geraldo Rivera and Al Capone's vault. That there's that there's big potential for them getting all this hype that they're gonna go look for it and then digging through miles and miles and miles of ancient garbage and finding nothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you need to do a really super indie movie where they go on a road trip there, you know, and they find the true meaning of friendship even though there's nothing in the desert sun. Or you do it the really action style, and they take a road trip there. 
and they find that that's actually where Area 51 is. And that's how they feel the aliens by having them eat the ET cartridges. Okay, I want to make one modification because I thought you were when you said actiony, I thought they were going to go there and the ET cartridges have morphed into like a Jason-like or Freddy-like monster. <laughs> that too. That's a, that's a horror version. Yeah. The, okay. Yeah. Yeah. If we're not going to go action flick, let's go horror. That the ET cartridges, when exposed to asbestos and lead and rotten old food, because this dump was closed in like not long after the cartridges were dumped there. It was no longer used as a landfill and has just been since fenced off. Yeah, it's like it said, like Godzilla, like how Godzilla was created. Right. Through the bombing of the Bikini Atoll. Right. <laughs> they yeah, had to do their test out in the desert and the ET cartridges <laughs> became oh, alive. Oh, because I wonder, how far it's from, I wonder how far it is from White Sands because they did all that project, yeah. Manhattan Project testing there. I, you, it's either that or you could do the turtles thing, you know, uh, Gunk got dumped down in the sewer. Well, Gunk got dumped down on top of the pile of cartridges. I, I'm thinking. I don't know if you guys remember remember the the, the Jim Henson show Fraggle Rock. Yeah. Lady, Lady Trash Heap. Yep. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. Ooh. Just all all uh, ET games giving <laughs> giving giving bad advice. <laughs> that could be like the rom com. Like there's a no. I'm not going to continue that thought because it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, sorry. Romantic comedy doesn't work with melted, crusty, possibly infested ET cartridges from a million years ago. I'll I'll see if I can dig up more about it, if nothing else, for our Facebook chat because I I just found it kind of amusing that some people are not letting that urban legend or whatever it was die. Um. But okay, so. That's it for this week. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, we've got a ton of ways you can do that. First off is Facebook. It's WonderPod Online, all one word. WonderPod Online for the live shows we're going to be doing now once a month. You'll see some kind of uh, prostitution blurb on there as well as other places like uh, WonderPodOnline.com, our website where we post this podcast. Patman posts some of his Xbox Live or Xbox One adventures. Mostly, uh, mostly Titanfall as of late. Um, I post some stuff. I've had a fiction series running, but between work and writer's block, I kind of took a couple weeks off. I'm hoping to have another one next week. But there's all kinds of stuff there. Um, you, we have YouTube channels. We've got uh, 36 Wii YouTube channel, my personal YouTube channel. That would be Bruce McGee. Glacinator's got some with some of his college animations. Uh, Chris Lloyd, our good buddy who was with us on the show a little bit, or was, yeah, he was with us on the show last week. He did his pre-recorded segment. He's got some YouTube channels. Uh, we got a Twitter account. It's at Wonderpot Online. We are on iTunes if you want to, you know, if you found the show randomly, stole some guy's phone. Um, you stole a guy's phone with good taste. If you don't like iTunes, we are on archive.org. Um, I also post an embedded player at wonderpotonline.com. Uh, we have forums, which I keep forgetting to mention and should. And you can find those by going to wonderpotonline.com as well. None of that works for you. We got an email address. It's wonderpod at wonderpotonline.com. Wonderpod at wonderpotonline.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter at O-R-I-G-I-M. 
And you can you can uh, hear me sniff really loudly at uh, at John Keo J O N K E H O E. You busted yourself on that one. I wasn't gonna say anything. Uh, <laughs> oh, and I will not be changing my Twitter handle because I found out I have to be Bruce McGee Pi R squared times twenty. It was kind of the downside of picking that last name as a pen name. <laughs> Until episode 202, I am Bruce McGee. I'm out of here, people. See ya. Cheers. Goodbye. E.T. cartridges are going to haunt your dreams.